We will be here this Wednesday night praying, so plan to come be a part of that and seek the Lord with us. Amen? Amen. All right. You ready for the word today? All right. It's not going to be up there. Didn't have time to get it up there. It's right here. So um, if you have your Bibles today or your phone or your iPad or whatever you got, open them up to Ephesians chapter 6. And we'll start there. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to be coming together in your word. Let your word be life to each one of us, Father. Lord, let it just come alive inside of us, God, that, Lord, we not only believe, but we know. And that we have a knowing inside of us, God. We not only believe that you can heal, but we know we're healed. Lord, we, we take it to life, God. That your word would be rhema to each one of us. It would be life and breath to each one of us today, God. And Lord, that we would experience your word in our lives like never before today. We give you praise, Father. We thank you for what you're doing, what you've done, and what you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right. So I'm going to use two Bibles today. This one I can't see, so this one I can. Hallelujah. <laughs> but this is my study Bible. I'm telling you, if you don't have a good study Bible, don't just buy a, a, a Bible off the shelf. Get a study Bible. This is the new, new Spirit-filled life Bible, and it's the New King James Version, and it is a great Bible. And you can see mine's wearing down, hallelujah. I'm wearing it out. And this is probably the fourth one I've burned up and, and had to get a, a new one again. One guy felt so bad for me one time I was preaching and the book of Isaiah fell out. <laughs> he went out and bought me this Bible. I'm like, well, praise Jesus, you know. <laughs> you know, you hate to get rid of your Bible, you know. It's like it's got all my notes. It's got everything in it, you know. So, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're getting into the armor of God, and we're going to do it in two parts. We'll do part one today and part two next week. So, and I'm going to begin at verse 10, and we'll, we'll take it slow today. So, finally, and, and when he says finally, it's not like this is the conclusion. The finally is there to say, listen, you have all this for you. It's like, come on now. You... you Jesus, the first three chapters is everything the Lord has done for us. And then the last three chapters, it's been telling us what not to do so we can maintain the first three chapters in our life, amen? So that we can maintain that power of God in our life. So we can maintain that, the acts of the Holy Spirit in our life. He's telling don't do these things. These things is what will, will cancel out the first three chapters in your life. These are the things that will take away the power. So don't do these things. And we've been going through that the last number of weeks, and, and I feel bad. I feel like I'm coming in here beating you up every Sunday. Rhonda goes, are you going to be nice today? I said, absolutely. So finally, he says, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? Be strong in the Lord. So I'm not going to do things that are going to cancel out his strength, amen? 
You know, as I was praying before service today, I just kept getting, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's Psalm 1611. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Because the devil knows this. He knows that if the joy of the Lord is your strength, Bobby, what he'll do is he'll try to, the devil will try to bring things in your life to rob you of joy. You know, he'll bring bad news to you. You know, things will happen. You know, you'll, you'll get, you know things will go through life and you'll, you'll be like, man, can it get any worse than this? It probably could. But we don't receive that either, amen? But the joy, because the enemy knows if he can take away your joy, he can take away your strength. And if he takes away your strength, pretty soon you're just by yourself, you know, not being where God wants you to be. You're off doing your own thing. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so we have this power inside of us. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. And that word power means this. It means dominion, strength, manifested power. It means, it refers to God's kingdom, authority, dominion, and majesty. That's what God is saying. Be strong in your dominion. You have dominion. Remember when he, when he created Adam and Eve, he said, you know, let's create man in our image, and we'll give them the dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. You know, that we, we're to have dominion over this earth as men and women of God. And then Adam sinned, and it's like he gave our dominion. He said, here, devil. And he, he gave up our authority. But Jesus came, right? Jesus came. He died on that cross. He rose from the dead. And what did he do? He took back the dominion for us. And so these guys, they're out fishing. And you know I love to fish. We caught 12 last week. Not a lot, but um, it was fun. It's not a lot. 12 is not a lot. So the, the disciples are out there fishing after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And they're out there fishing, and they don't catch anything. They're not walking in that dominion. I remember Tim Brown, when he was alive, we were out fishing in the ocean. Remember this, Danny? When we were out fishing in the ocean, and we weren't catching anything. Thank you for that trip, by the way, Dwayne. <laughs> um, but Dwayne couldn't go. I took his place. But we weren't catching anything. And Tim, you know how Tim was loud? He, he'd shout out, Jesus! You know, he, he's always shouting. He was, he was just a loud guy. So we're on the boat, and he goes, Jesus, I thank you that you've given us dominion and authority. I thank you that you've given us power over the, the, the fish of the sea. Fish, in the name of Jesus, get on our hook. Now, we're on a boat, and I mean, there's a few believers, but trust me, not everybody was a believer. But you know what happened? Is we started catching fish. Matter of fact, I caught the two biggest fish, and then Danny caught the next two biggest fish, and we just tore it up. Tim came to me, he said, I said, how many fish did you catch? Because you got to pay a buck a piece to clean them, you know, to have the guy clean them. I said, Tim, how many fish did you catch? He goes, I think I caught 70. I'm like, Tim, how much money you got? Oh, I ain't got any money. Uh, 
I said, there's no way you caught 70 fish. He goes, I'm telling you, Ross, I caught 70 fish. So when, I think it was 12. <laughs> he was so tired, though, because he's catching so many fish. He told the deckhand, he's pinned to the rail with a fish. He told the deckhand, he goes, I think I'm stuck. And, and, and the deckhand pulls on. He goes, no, you got a fish. He goes, no, I think I'm stuck. Because he was so tired, he didn't want to reel in another one. But you see, when Jesus was on that shore, and he asked the disciples, he said, hey, you got any fish? And they said, no. We, don't, we didn't catch any fish. And Jesus said, throw your net on the other side. And when they threw the net on the other side, they caught not just a few little fish, but like 153 big fish. And how many of you know that when you catch big fish, it's a lot better than the little fish? And Peter got so excited, he said, that's the Lord. And he jumped into the water, and he went to greet the Lord. And then he brought that net, he just like... And he muscled that net into all them fish. Uh, when I look at that, that's when the dominion was restored to mankind. He gave us that authority back. He had resurrected from the dead, and he gave it back to us, that authority, that dominion. So that, Greg, now that we can walk in that dominion, in that authority, in that power today. Because that's what that word power, and he's telling us, Stay connected to that power. Walk in that power. Amen? We've got to have that kind of power at work in our life. So he says, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In the sense that you don't have to do this alone. God has not left us to ourselves, but he's left us to him. If you go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, turn over there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's going to be a little slower today. All right, Woo, pretty quick. Verse 7, it says, but we, everybody say we. That's so weak. We. I, I hear all the women. It's better, Tim. We have this treasure. In earthen vessels. This is our earthen vessel. We have this treasure in us. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. We don't want, <coughs> excuse me, our own power. We want God's power. We want to walk in God's power. Because he goes on to say, I'm hard pressed on every side. You know, and, and I know a lot of people feel that way today. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. See, when we walk around in the excellence of the power of God, the enemy, it doesn't stop the enemy from throwing things at you. It just means you're not going to be moved by that. What the enemy's throwing at you, he throws. But hey, what was that thing we used to say, you know, you know, Bounce off of me and stick to you as a little kid, you know? Let it be that, you know? Let everything the enemy throws off us bounce off to us and stick back on him in the name of Jesus, amen? That it has no hold on us because we have the excellence of the power of God. And that word power there is that dunamis power, 
which in the Greek means the ability to do miracles. So you have in you this excellence of the power of God, the ability to do miracles in you, the power of miracles inside of you so that this stuff doesn't stick to you. You may be going through things. You know, it's a psalmist said in verse 43, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And I, when I read that, this is what I hear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will not stay there. Death is not going to stick to me. Amen? I am alive. I'm alive in Christ. So no matter what I'm going through, I'm coming out of it. Amen? You're always coming out. Just don't stay there. But I know things are happening. I know we go through tough times. We, we lose friends. We lose you know, uh, family members. There's times we go through tough times. I mean, we saw all the people here that need a miracle. They need that healing. We know people are going through tough things right now. It's a battle. We're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. You're not crushed. You're here today, amen? You're not crushed. You have this power in you. Perplexed. But we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, not destroyed. You have the excellence of the power of God inside of you so that you can overcome. Amen? So that you have the victory. That you're coming out with victory. Everybody say victory. You always have the victory. So we got to be strong in the power. And then verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The, the devil has schemes to set us up as believers. And as I was meditating on this word this week, I was thinking in terms of <clears throat> as we're growing in the Lord, the, the devil knows all about you. He knows about your family and he knows about everything generationally behind you. And so what the devil does, you know, the, the word says he goes about like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he can devour. So that's, that's his job. That's what he does. He's looking for an opportunity to devour you, to destroy you, to take your life. Because we know in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? So that's the enemy. But we know Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. So the enemy knows your family, so he, he knows how to get you. He knows your personal history. So he knows your weaknesses. So what the enemy does is he goes about looking at your weaknesses and then he plays with it. It's like if you're if a certain thing makes you angry really quick, that certain thing will just pop up all the time. 
So it just seems like you're always angry. <laughs> you know, it just pops up and you're like, oh, man, you know, and, and you're like, I don't know why I'm always angry, you know. And it's just, and, and you start looking at people going, you know, every time I'm around Ed, he just makes me so mad. It's not Ed's fault that you got the issue. You see, we, what we try to do is we try to put pin our problems on people. We try to pin our issues on people because people say things and do things. You know, if you hang around with me long enough, I'm going to make fun of you. tease you. Wanda says it's not funny. <laughs> and, and, and if there's something in you that I just happened to tease you about, the only thing I can tease the Wanda about is, what was it, nothing? Her big toe? That's the only thing I can make fun of the Wanda about is her big toe. That's what we agreed on. That's it. So I can tease her about her big toe. Or your hair clip, too. You don't have one, I know. So she stopped wearing them. She's taking away my, my jokes. But what the enemy does is he tries, to, he tries to set you up. So listen. If he knows that you've been abandoned in your life, he'll set you up to be abandoned all your life. Until you break it. I was in Peru one time, and this lady came to me for prayer, and she said, My husband left me, and my three year old son, and she's crying and everything. And so I stopped and I just prayed, and the Lord told me her husband left her because she was abandoned when she was a little girl, and she walked around like this. I love you. He couldn't get close to her. He couldn't press into her. And so everybody stayed away from her. Her husband finally couldn't take it anymore and he left. So when I was praying for her, I said, the, the Lord told me that you were abandoned as a little girl and that you've been pushing her husband away so far and he can't take it anymore. My translator didn't want to say it. She's like, you're missing it. It's not, that's, that's not what's happening here. Her husband abandoned, I said, you say what I said. And when she said it, that lady just fell apart and started sobbing. She got set free from that spirit of abandonment that had been causing her to walk around like this where nobody could get close to her. And, and, and they want friends, but nobody wants to be my friend because nobody can get close enough to you to get, get near you to be your friend because you have this thing on you. So when people abandon you because the enemy set you up because he did it as a little kid he set you up as a child to say hey i have this spirit of abandon on me don't get close to me and you might not say it out loud but that's what comes out and the enemy sets you up all the time you go from church to church to church to church or, or how about rejection somebody rejected you Maybe your daddy rejected you as a little kid and it built something in you that now when you, when you feel rejection, you just want to run because you may not remember what your dad did to you, but you, it just feels like it's 
it's always there. And so when somebody does it to you in this life, you just want to leave. You just want to hightail it out. You can't deal with it. See, this is how the enemy does things to us, you know, to set us up. Because the next scripture is going to tell us our battle's not against flesh and blood. Amen? My battle's not with my wife. Your battle's not with your mate. Your battle's not with your family. No, your battle's with the devil. And the devil is the one that keeps setting you up and setting you up and setting you up so that you can't get where God wants you to be. He keeps taking you down that road to where you feel like nobody loves me, you know, and you feel abandoned, you feel rejected, you're always angry. Because of these things that happen to us as kids that we never dealt with, we pushed it down, we said, I'm good, and, and, but then it, you act a certain way. That's why I said last week, you need to, to go see Elizabeth or you need to go to Mark's class on Friday nights, the second and fourth Friday night, to deal, find out why am I this way? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep falling into this trap? Why do I keep running away from people? Why can't I have a relationship? Why can't I build friendships with people? It's not the people's fault. It's the devil sets you up as a child even. You know what? This is what I heard about when I was in Peru. They said, 95% of all the kids that come out of the Amazon river jungle have been molested to demonize them. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But how many of you have been molested? And it's shut an area of your life off because of it. Because of something that happened in your life. You see, that's how the enemy works. You have a child. Where's the other one? Where are they at? But you have a child. You have a little baby. We're going to dedicate him next Sunday. It's going to be wonderful. But you got to protect him. you got to know what affected you as a child. And you got to make sure you deal with it. Because you don't want to get where he is. Amen? You want him protected. Covered. He said, he said around the wine press, he surrounds you with a shield of faith. In the name of Jesus. You see, because the enemy is looking. How's your mentality? How can I get you? But the enemy also knows this. He knows your buttons. He knows your buttons. And he pushes them. When he feels like you're about ready for a breakthrough, he pushes your buttons. It's time for you to leave this church. They don't love you. It's time for you to hit the road. They don't care about you. You know, they're just going to kick you out anyways. You just need to go. That's what the enemy does. Love me. He just pushes your buttons. He brings up an issue that we have in us that the enemy has been using to set you up all your life so that you don't succeed. So that you don't get where God wants you to be. It's just, so the, the, we have to put on his armor 
so that we can stand against this stuff. Verse 12, he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's the hardest thing for us to realize is that our battle's not with people. It's really not. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. Your battle's not with people. Your battle's in the spirit realm. So stop getting mad at people for everything you're going through. One amen. How many of you are mad at somebody right now? You can go ahead and raise your hand. Oh, there you go. See, these are the things we got to get out. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but the enemy will use flesh and blood to anger you, and they won't even know that they're doing it. They won't even know they've done something wrong. You know, you'll go... And you're waiting for an apology, and they have no idea they've done anything. And you're waiting and waiting and waiting for an apology, and they're going, well, I don't know why they flipped out. It's kind of weird. Because <clears throat> they don't know. Because it's your issue. Your battle's not with people. It's a spiritual thing. And so that's why we have to get right spiritually to, to get in the battle, to get in the fight, amen? Because here's who we fight. Principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So there's a whole host of wickedness out there just for us to set us up. So that we, we can try and cause us to stumble. So the best thing that we could do is become aware of how the enemy does that. How does the enemy do that to me? I can tell you why. He doesn't want you to fulfill God's plan. He doesn't want you to press past it to grow up in Christ. He wants us to stay babes that we're, you know, we're just drinking the milk. And it, but God's saying it's time to get past that and get into the meat of what he came for. Amen. It's time, people, that we're not blaming people for our issues, but we're dealing with our issues. We're coming to the Lord saying, okay, God, you know, if you ask the Lord, he'll tell you. He will. He'll tell you. Because what, what does it say? It says, finally, brethren, be strong in the might, his power is might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may withstand against all the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in these places. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand and in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, we have to get into the place that we stand. 
So how do we get to where we can make a stand against what the devil's throwing at us? You know, if you turn over to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, This is, they got a whole army coming against them in 2 Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat's king, they got a whole army. And Jehoshaphat takes us step by step on how to get into the position to make a stand against what the enemy's throwing at us. How many of you want to really learn to make a stand? I don't want to just make a stand. I want to push back, amen? I want to push back in the spirit. I'm not looking... You know, I, I try to be as nice as I can to Muslims. I try to connect with them. I try to love on them. I try to show them the love of God. You know, but in the spirit, I do warfare against that antichrist spirit because that's what it is. Even when Pastor Emil, our Arabic pastor, I said, we have a mosque in our town. It's antichrist because it's, we do not serve the same God. Don't ever let a Muslim convince you that. We don't serve the same God. It's different. We see, serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen? And so when I met Pastor Emil, I said, we need you in Corona, because he was in Orange County. And he's like, well, I have a church already. I said, no, you need to move to Corona. You need to move your church to Corona. I mean, he said, why? I said, we have a mosque in town. And you're Arabic, you know? We need to push back in the spirit, in the spirit, not against people but in the spirit against it. I believed it so much, I said, let me give you keys to our building. Let me give you an alarm code. I said, start a prayer meeting here. And he probably thought, this guy is crazy. Because you know I am. So he took him and he started a prayer meeting and, and, he, and he came to me and he says, it's just too much doing both. You know, doing a prayer meeting on Saturday, doing a, a church meeting down in Orange County on Sunday and stuff. And so, finally, he stopped for a while, and I kept praying, kept praying, kept talking to him, talking to him. And he came, and he, we launched on December 3rd. So, like, next Sunday is his six-year anniversary of being here. Amen? He, he started on a Saturday, and... By Easter, he moved his church from Orange County out to here and, and started meeting on Sundays and never looked back. And now he's thriving. See, so here we have Jehoshaphat. He's got this army, this huge army coming against him, and, and they're so big, he doesn't know what to do. And so here's what you do to get into the, the position to stand. I don't know, I might take notes, or I might get the recording, or I might... You know, just record it from here on. In verse 3, he set himself to seek the Lord. That's number one. Seek the Lord. You have to learn to seek the Lord. You can seek him through worship, through prayer, through the word. Amen. You can pray, you can read, you can worship, and you can um, call out to him. But you got to set yourself to seek the Lord. Make him first. Make him a priority. Don't let him play second. Let him be first. Seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed a fast. Start fasting. If you know there's things in your life that need broken, start fasting. Maybe not. 
And then, number three, he said in verse four, he said, Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Come together to pray. Wednesday night, we've been having about 15 people every Wednesday. I'd love to double that up. I mean, I would love for everybody to come. I'm trying to be a little realistic. Not everybody's going to come. But come on Wednesday night and pray. I know, is it tough? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. It's tough. Wednesday night, just come and pray. Come and pray. Everybody say, come and pray. Come and pray together, amen. And, and then number four, he said in verse six, O Lord God of our fathers, he, he began to cry out to the Lord. Cry out to God. It's okay to cry out to God. When, like I said, when I, when I go to other countries, when I say, let's pray, they all stand up, raise their hands, and they start praying out loud. I mean... It's not, not, it doesn't get quiet. I mean, they start praying out loud. They start going. They start praying in the spirit out loud. They, they stand up, they lift their hands, and they, they just start going for it. And it's like, I can always be louder than that group, though. I know that. So that's what I do. I just get louder than everybody. And, and I pray. But pray. Amen? Pray. Cry out to God. And then this is who, how they pray. In verse verse 7 verse 6 they begin to remind God of who he is aren't you the God that did this aren't you the God that did that aren't you the God that that parted the sea aren't you the God that brought us out of bondage aren't you the God that sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross to set us free aren't you the one that said you would heal us of all disease remind God of who he is when you pray amen who who is God to you and then then, he's, then they declare what he has done. Oh, Lord God, I remember. I remember when you, you healed Dwayne's eyes, Lord. When he said he had a detached retina, when he had cataracts. I remember that he healed you. I remember that you had an uh, aneurysm on the other side, and it's gone now. It went down. Now that other side's trying to peek its head. But we say, no, do the same as you did on this side, Lord. Dissolve it on that side, Amen. I remember those things. I remember when he told my mom three times, you got lung cancer in three times. Doctor come back and said no. I remember when my dad, they told him you got lung cancer. And we prayed for my dad. And my dad went into the hospital for the biopsy. And when they went to do the biopsy, they're like, we can't find it. It's, there's nothing there. See, I remember, Lord, when you've done these things. I remember when I laid here on the floor and I cried out to you for healing and you said, rise and be healed. And I got up and I was healed. And you told me to go and give it away and I haven't stopped since. I remember these things. I remember, Lord, how you've done that, how you've healed people. I remember how, remember, Delano, when he brought dead limbs back to life, that lady that was dragging her right leg, paralyzed on her right leg and her right arm, and the Lord brought him back to life. I remember how the Lord healed this lady of emphysema. I remember how the Lord brought deaf ears back open. I remember these things. It's just incredible when you, when you see it and you hear, and then you just remember it. I remember, God, this is, this is who I'm praying to. This is who I'm praying to today, God, who you are. And 
us a commitment to in verse 10. It says, now, here we are. The people of Vietnam, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession that you've given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? We have no power against this multitude that are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You may not know what to do, but put your eyes on us. If you can't remember who he was, take it from what I just said. If you can't remember what he's done for you, take it from what I just said. All those things are true. And then they get into the petition. They petition the Lord. They ask Him to deliver them. See, before they ever get to petitioning, they declare what he, who He is, what He's done, what they're going to do. I skipped over the part with what they're going to do. And it says, it says, if disaster comes upon a sword, judgment pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear us and save us. They're like, we're, we don't care. We're not going to be moved. We're not going to be moved. Remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they said, the king said, bow down to my statue or I'm throwing you in that fire. And they said, go ahead. Our God will save us. And if he doesn't, so what? They just trusted God. They're like, throw us in there. And so he threw the three in there, and, and Nebuchadnezzar says, how many guys we throw in the fire? They said, three. He goes, why is there four in there right now? He goes, I don't know. But Jesus went in there and untied their rope. And they, they, he said, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of there. And they walked out of that fire. They didn't smell like smoke. They didn't have no ropes. They were not in bondage any longer, Amen. Because the Lord had delivered them. See, and this, this is where we need to get strong in. This is where we need that strength. That we're not so moved by what we see or what we hear, but we're moved by what God has said. Amen? I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up. And then in number five, they, they allow for the prophetic. In, in verse 15 and 16, the prophet came and he spoke. He said, do not fear. Don't be afraid. Don't let your circumstances bring fear upon you. Amen? Because fear is a spirit. It's an evil spirit. Don't let it grip you. Stand. He says, the, the battle is the Lord's. Amen? The battle is the Lord's. Mark, the battle's the Lord's. And then confront the issue. Confront it. You've got to go. And then get into the position that God can move in you. Get in position. He told him, he said, I want you to go and I want you to 
to be right here. I want you to stand right here. And they went there and they stood there after they thought the Lord, after they fasted, after they gathered together, after they prayed, after they prophesied. They got into that position to stand. And were they stood and worshiped? They worshiped the Lord. They lifted up their voices and they began to, to worship God. And as they worshiped God, God destroyed their enemies. God did it. <coughs> and some here today, we've got to get into that position. That position where God can destroy your enemies. That where it's not hanging around you any longer. That it's not got a hold on you anymore. But that you're in that position of putting on the whole armor of God. That you're standing against the wiles, the schemes, the tricks of the enemy. Amen. You're, you're, you're privy. You have an understanding of how the enemy's coming against you. And you're standing. <laughs> and you just... No, no, devil, not today. <laughs> Amen. You just you you get a backbone. Not today. You're not doing this to me again. I'm not giving in. I'm not getting mad today. That rejection spirit can get off me. I'm not going to feel rejected. I'm not going to feel abandoned. I'm not giving in to that anger no more. Oh no, you ain't got me today. And you press through and you fight through and you hold on to the word of the Lord and you stand. But just because I read it, and you come up here and you just say, well, I'm going to make a stand. What about all the stuff it takes to get there? I remember we had this guy come one time. His name is Gabriel Heyman. This guy was anointed. I'm telling you, he'd look at me funny and I'd fall out. He would. I mean, he'd throw a towel, he'd throw a towel at me one time. I was right here in the middle row. He threw a towel at me. Three and a half hours, I was out, crying, sobbing so hard. My daughters felt bad for me. They're like, Mommy, what's wrong with Daddy? You know, because they were little, they were young, because I just cried for three and a half hours. He, he asked me, he said, I want you to go lay hands on this guy on the stage. And I was sitting right here. And um, I, I walked. And when I got about here, this laughter overtook me, and I fell down on my knees. And I crawled the rest of the way. And I crawled onto the stage and I leaped up. I hit the guy in the chest. He went out. I was out three and a half, four hours laughing. It just hit us. It just overtook us. But he said this. He said, if you don't do what I did to get it, you won't keep it. I went to Benny Hinn meeting one time. Man, it was so powerful. It was so anointed. Say what you want about Benny Hinn, man, but there was anointing there. Man, and they said, they said, if you're a pastor here, Pastor Benny wants to lay hands on you. And I didn't move. My friend's like, go, Ron, go. You know. All right. So I, I got up and I went down on the floor. And I'm, all these pastors are, I mean, they're pushing Dwayne. And I'm not easily pushed around. And they're pushing and everything. And then I said, I just started crying. And I'm standing there and I'm just, I mean, I'm really crying. I just said, 
going on? It was because these pastors were being mean. They were just pushing people out of the way. They were fighting to get to the stage. And the Lord says, they want from a man what I've been trying to give them. Oh, I just cried. And I just went back to my seat and I sat down and cried. God wants to give you everything. He wants you to overcome. He wants you to get past these battles that you've been fighting. You've been looking. And you've been fighting. And some of you feel like it's never going to change. That you're always going to be fighting. And God says it's not true. And he would say to you today, stop looking to a man for what I want to give you. Because I know his Holy Spirit is here today to give it to you. And if you need him today to give it to you, for whatever it is you need to overcome today, that obstacle, that thing that's been popping up in your life, I want you to just stand to your feet right now. Stand up right now. And just come to the front and come and get it. Come and get it from God. Come on, come on. Come and get it from God. I know there's more than just you. Come on, you need, you need something from God today. You need him to, to stop this cycle today in the name of Jesus. It's got to end. It's got to be done with in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come and get it. Come and get it from the Lord. Come and get it because he's here to give it to you. Lord, here we are before you. And we declare, decree and declare today that we are your people. And you are our God. And we ask today, Father, as you know each one of us, you know each one of us, and you know those things, God, that need to be rooted out and pulled down. Come on, I know he's not done. Come on. Don't miss your opportunity today. Don't miss your opportunity today. Father, we pray right now in agreement. We come together in agreement, God. Lord, for these things to be cast down today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No hold, no hold, no hold. Father, we come to you. And we ask for you to do it in us, God. Do a work in each one of us, God. Yes. Root out and pull down these things, Father. Today we're breaking through. We're breaking through. We're breaking through in the name of Jesus. We're breaking through in the name of Jesus. We're letting go, God. We're letting go. We're letting go. 
And we ask that, Lord, that this, this would be a, a lasting push for you, God. A lasting push for you, God. That takes us to that place, Father. Oh, of ultimate victory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We push through today, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, all the pain, the hurt, be lifted off today, God. In the name of Jesus. That it have no hold on us, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, but that today we be victorious. Your word declares that old things, God, are passed away. And all things become new. I pray, Father, for a newness to come. A newness to come today, God. Let today be a new day. Let today be a new day. Jesus, yes, a new day. A new life. A new life, God. Let the last word of that, God. Let it flow from your throne, God. Lord, even the things that happen to us as children, God. Those things that have affected our lives all along. Lord, we calm down today. And we just ask, Lord, for your grace to come to that area of our heart. Lord, where that wound was, Lord, that you would heal it today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let it just flow today, God. Let it flow from your throne healing power of God in the name of Jesus just let it flow God in the name of Jesus praise you Lord praise you Lord praise you Father I thank the Lord that it's not too late not too late it's not too late yes praise you Lord oh yes for your grace Lord your grace just let it flow God oh he's a good good father and he loves And I decree and declare over you today the power of his might. And that the whole armor of God would be upon you so that you can stand against the tricks of the devil. And that forgiveness would be in your heart towards people who have wronged you, people that have been used of the devil to scar you, 
that you could forgive them today. That you could let go of that emotion of hurt and pain that the enemy tried to plant in you as a little kid because he saw your future. Lord, we just root that thing out right now. We pull that root out today. Lord, we pray healing over that body. We pray healing, healing, healing. That, Lord, no more, no more, no more, no more, no more, no more. That today, the Lord would say, I'm restoring you. I'm redeeming you. I'm redeeming your life from the past. Hallelujah, I'm restoring you. Yeah, to where I've called you to be. I'm bringing you out of the back of where you felt rejected and abandoned and alone. And I'm bringing you to the front to know that you're loved and you're cared for and you're wanted. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Let it rain down on us today, God. Let your love, Fill each one of us. Fill each one of us. Let you remove the weight of our past off of us, God. So that we can step into the future of what you have for us. I pray. Lord, as I said earlier, around the righteous, you surround your people with your shield of favor. I pray that shield around about every person here today, God. That they find favor with you today, God. And they get that strength leaning from above so they can maintain that joy of the Lord and that they can be strong in your power and in your might, Lord. We thank you, Father, and we bless you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Amen? Let's give the Lord a big hand, huh? Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for this day, for this time in your presence. As we go, Lord, we are truly thankful for what you're doing in our lives. Cover, keep, and protect every person as they go their way today. Help us to be the light, to walk in the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night as we pray.